Well, first, let me start with uh, saying Merry Christmas. I'm recording this um, the night uh, before Christmas. And it's not that I celebrate Christmas, but I do. It's, uh, it's not for me a religious holiday. It's more just a personally meaningful, you know, spend time with the family and uh, show appreciation. You know, just provide a special date and time to appreciate uh, those that are around you and the things that uh, the things that you do have, particularly the people that you do have. So, with that said, even if it's not not your holiday, don't fucking care. Merry Christmas. <clears throat> last uh, for the last two weeks, it's been kind of nice. I've been making dinner every night. After seven years being on the road, selecting from, oh, basically whatever could be eaten without uh, much fuss and much effort or anything like that and without uh, heat, I would uh, basically have a can of soup, a New England clam chowder progresso every night, off and on for eh, the greater part of four and a half years, really. Sure, I had times where I ended up buying things over at, um, you know, for barbecue and everything. So I'd hand bin it off the food until he got tired of barbecuing. And But at that point, he would turn around and barbecue it and take it right back to me. And we'd split the dinner and everything. So he did the cooking and I did the, uh, I did the buying. But it's been nice. It's, um... Uh, on a regular basis, just trying different things out. So we'll go on, like tonight, it was actually just an easy dinner. Made these massive burgers and had some ranch-style, or some dinner-style beans. It was, like I said, an easy dinner. I just wanted something. I've been trying all these different things. Last night I had blackened hoagie, or blackened chicken on a hoagie, along with fries I made in the, uh, chopped up from potatoes and everything. So, every night it's just uh, it's been nice. There's things I've been wanting to try and throw together or something like that. And Mom is uh, pretty you know, pretty good about uh, letting me have a liberty. And then when it comes down to just basically, we go to Costco or Fred Meyer and I pick out what I what I want to get and you know, throw it all together and everything. Made spaghetti a couple times. Um, uh, pasta, you know, Alfredo pasta. That actually turned out pretty good. I have a goulash that I make. That's uh, pretty damn good, too. That, that went pretty well. So, that's where I'm making breakfast. So, there's definitely a trade-off, you know, trade going on here. Me hanging here and doing things and everything for my parents. And, of course, I get the liberties and, you know, get some of the things taken care of for me and everything. I'm washing my clothes right now so I have fresh, hot clothes. And, <sighs> laying on the couch, open up the window to get the nice little 40-degree breeze blow in every once in a while with the fresh air. But, yeah, so I started jumping into Assassin's Creed, um, was it Syndicate, a little bit more in the last couple days, so I've been trying to, I've been having some creativity issues with, um, with, uh, GTA, and there's so many freaking billboards, so I'm trying to knock out two a day, and I've done two today, and I did uh, actually one today, just because we were so busy doing our, all our stuff and everything, and you know what, I'll stay up until midnight and I'll knock out another one. This first one's pretty quick, but, so I created one, I found this awesome image of Supergirl, she's in tattered clothes, and it looks like she's been through a battle of some kind, and basically... And this is kind of a question I always had about Supergirl. Why is it, her and Superman both, they can literally go through a nuclear explosion. They can go through and and get smashed under rocks and that kind of stuff. 
and never, ever, ever is anything quote-unquote private exposed. Never a boob, never, you know, balls or anything like that, you know. And particularly Supergirl. She's been through literally massive explosions, which more or less would not just rip the limbs off of most people, but would certainly rip off the clothes, you know, especially if they were impervious or something like that. Clothes would just flat out disappear. That's kind of my, my chief complaint. You know, here she is. She's, you know, got, you know, okay, to her credit, she may have some of the most advanced clothes that are available to her by the DEO who she works for and everything. But never, ever, ever, ever is it even remotely torn, shredded, or anything like that. Now, this doesn't make sense to me. Just because regularly people in the DEO are, are getting hurt and, you know, and many times killed. And um, you know, that's the whole thing. is If she has this material, why isn't they're not putting this material on other people? That, that just doesn't jive to me. doesn't make sense. You know, so I kept, I've always thought, how is it Supergirl's clothes don't get shredded, don't get ripped? You know, and uh, not only that, but, you know, when it comes down to it with the, uh, with the leotards and everything, the short skirt, I mean, I don't know. I had an idea about raising up the skirt and everything to actually make it so where, I mean, I, I love Melissa Benoit. She's, in my opinion, gorgeous. So is Cara Danvers, the alternate reality character that she plays. So is Supergirl. You know, I just find her very attractive for some reason. <laughs> I found this, I, I had sent a message off a couple days ago and, uh, you know, to her manager and all that stuff. And I didn't hear jack shit back. However, I... At that time, I did a search, lots of searches for Supergirl images, couldn't find anything. And then in between now and then, this image crops up. So here's, here's my formative belief. Um, and, and this I've actually seen evidence of many, many, many times before, but this is the reason, um, this is the first time I'm really vocalizing it out loud. When I look for something on the internet, um, that actually creates the energy that if it's not already out there, it it will create itself. And that's more or less a feedback system of how it works. So yeah, let's say I'm looking for a tool to do something specific. Well, I know through personal experience or everything that if I look basically every three months or something like that for tools that will do the same thing, in a general sense, I'll find exactly what I'm looking for. Now, before I had more or less, you know, dismissed this whole concept that my mind was creating this, you know, and more or less basically explained it away, saying, yeah, somebody else is having the same idea and that's actually causing this to happen. Well, it's my mind, you know, the energy. Um, the energy of my will and my desire is causing a manifestation in the internet, and that internet being quantum in nature, um, at that point starts solidifying, and that solidification is exhibited through the things that I, I am able to be able to get in touch with. Now, porn's a great example. You know, um, if I'm looking for a pornographic image, uh, a naked image of anybody, you know, first, I, you know, if, if I first look, generally speaking, the image is going to be out there already. However, um, if it's not out there, all I have to do, and this is actually what I've learned over time and everything, is wait two to four weeks and boom, it happens. It occurs. You know, now, this is something that doesn't, you know, I mean, I actually made the comment to my mom about eight years ago about noticing this. I can't really call it a phenomenon. I understand why it's happening. It's basically, it's the reciprocative nature of energy. You know, thought alters, influences energy. Devil's Slit Experiment actually exhibited this pretty well. Um, Schroeder's Cat as a thought experiment is kind of the same thing. Thought manipulates matter at the quantum level. That quantum level, actually, one of the first places that we see it in our reality is through digitally-based systems. And those digitally-based systems have a tendency to create a feedback loop to us through the digital devices that we actually end up leveraging, whether or not that's, 
you know, um, it's a TV show or a movie or it's a video game or it's text messages. This is really important to understand, too. Text messages or phone calls or, or any of this. The things that we think have a, a generally reciprocative nature of coming right back at us. And not only that, but also of influencing those around us, too. So... And for me, I, I've I've noticed that some people have taken this to the extreme and, you know, leverage it like a superpower. It's actually kind of cool, you know, that they're capable of leveraging energy this way through, you know, through their thought processes and everything. And uh, just to give an example, there's a guy that uh, that's driving his, um, you know, he more or less drives a cab and he ends up getting laid a lot, you know, by doing it. And uh, well, most of the time, he or there's a couple times where he's actually convinced the girl that's driving with him that the boyfriend wants her to fuck him. Well, her belief, impartial belief by this persuasive man and everything, actually has her starting to believe it. And all of a sudden, she ends up calling him and asking him. And, you know, sure enough, she influences. And this is the thing to understand about digital communication. The assumption that most people make is basically when I communicate with you via the internet and via um, you know any kind of communication channels whatsoever, that basically it's a straight shot. It's like throwing a dart at a dartboard and you actually see the trajectory. But, but you've got to take into consideration that there's a lot of different influencing factors that are actually altering the trajectory of that phone call. And just because you may see where it land doesn't necessarily mean that's where it landed. So this is actually the trippy part about that dart on a dartboard. You may have, you know, this influence going on. But here's the trip. The trip is that uh, in this particular case, the girl's talking to her boy. And at this point, um, she ends up fucking, you know, having the... Uh, having the, uh, the cabbie fucker, you know, right there and everything. He's, you know, fucking the hell out of her and got the quote-unquote boyfriend on the phone on the other line. And all of this can be a manifestation of, the, of, of her own mind. And the cabbie, that's the one weird time that I noticed that he knew what was going on. That he had influenced her so strongly that that, that caused her mind to actually create, manipulate the digital systems around her. And boom, as a result, she ends up getting a call. And uh, at this point, you know, yeah, of course her boyfriend wants her to fuck the guy. You know, I mean, who wouldn't? You know, and boom, at this point, boom, it happens. And this is the weird part about, you know, digital realities. Digital is quantum. This is actually something I don't think uh, most scientists uh, really truly, uh, what I'm saying scientists, I'm doing an air quote, and I'm referring to the biological, the chemical, the physical. Um, those are the more material-based sciences don't un fully understand. Um, quantum is, in part, digital. Now, Here's, here's kind of like a lawyer talk. Um, all quantum is not digital, but all digital is quantum. So basically what that's saying is digital is a subset of quantum, um, quantum energy, um, quantum, quantum, saying quantum energy is not necessarily right either, because even energy itself is quantum, but quantum is not necessarily energy. Quantum's the idea. It's it's the concept. It's the possibilities. Um, taking those possibilities and actually creating um, creating things out of those possibilities. That's where it shifts slowly from quantum over to um, over to more or less the the physical realm. And the first part of the physical realm, the first step away from thoughts and concepts and ideas is quite literally, uh, it, it, at least in our reality, the closest step that you can come to it, it is basically digital. So, anyways, um, the reason I'm saying that is all, all of this. Uh, yeah, so like I said, about a week ago, I put out the message out there to, to Supergirl's people, and I knew when I sent it off, you know, that um, if I did hear anything back, that would be an utter surprise. However... 
I knew that I'm sending out what's the equivalent of an energy ball out there. And the universe has a tendency to supply whatever it is that we're asking for and whatever it is that I'm asking for. Now, reality, quote-unquote, has a tendency to try to deflect the things that actually cause expansion. And uh, getting things, receipt of things, has a tendency to cause expansion. So what happens is, at this point, I'm going to send that energy ball out there, and let's say it lands, you know, at the people that it's supposed to. So the journal, the publicist received this, maybe even Melissa receives it. And let's say um, the publicist receives it, and she's like, no fucking way, you know, in our world. Now this isn't what happens. Now maybe Melissa, Melissa's had a lot of... Um, nudes put out there anyways, and especially porn, too. She's done some selfies and things like that that she's distributed, and she's, she's made it very clear in a number of different ways um, through both public channels and also through, um, uh, through you know, some of the shows that, uh, that she's been on as well, um, that she's A, a partier, and B, she's a very sexual creature. You know, um, so this this is something I know I have in common with this woman to begin with. You know, so and there's that's that's like a lot in common with a lot of people. Well, the publicist, you know, acts as a deflector, right? You know, so at this point, the publicist may or may not actually forward this information on to her. However, in one form or fashion, she does receive the information flat out does receive the information. Now, this may come consciously, or this may come subconsciously. Um, if it comes consciously, this could cause an incongruency between the publicist and, and Melissa, where basically the publicist may not be aware that Melissa received an email, and what could have happened is this could have actually caused a split. When I sent this energy out, this energy ball, in the form of an email, that email itself could have gone through two separate channels. It could have, in a literal, literal process, gotten split to go to its, its separate intended destinations. Now, the separate intended destinations were um, the publicist and the two people I put on the email itself. And, of course, I wanted the, the third destination as Melissa herself. So, now, I know that with those three separate destinations, through email channels, it will receive those will absolutely, at least in this reality, for consistency and congruency's sake, it will hit those uh, destinations. However, I also know because the energy's out there, it will actually also route to Melissa. Now, Melissa will receive this information, and for the most part, she's probably more than likely to receive it, receive it in a subconscious way. You know, so it, it could be basically her mind receiving a signal saying, hey, um, somebody else wants to see you naked. You, wanna, you want others to see you naked, and, you know, what are you going to do about it? You know, more or less, it's that little voice inside your head, right? Well, that's one possible way that she could receive that information. The secondary, uh, a secondary way that she can receive it is through an email. Now, this is the interesting dynamic part of the, about the universe. That, that email could go between those two different people. But let's say um, Melissa um, herself actually wants to read these kind of things. She wants to hear these kind of things. She wants to meet people like me who actually want to see her, who actually wouldn't mind being intimate with her, who wouldn't mind being close to her, who who do see her as a superhero, and who, who want to pronounce that and bring that out in her, and want to be around her and that kind of stuff. So consciously, you know, she's she may not even see herself as the superhero. She may, you know, and that's what I'm saying, is she may not even see herself as an actress. You know, so this is the funky part about the quantum nature of reality, you know, where her life, um, she doesn't know she's an actress. Her life is, she's got one fragment of her mind that's supplying an image. Um, um, 
for my reality, and in my reality, she appears as an actress. Well, in another reality, she appears as a uh, as a superhero, Supergirl, and I'm seeing two of those images at the same time. Well, in another reality, she's also on Homeland Security, you know, so I'm seeing basically three, four, five, ten, fifteen different images of the same woman, um, but and, and this is based on the different roles, the different person. Everybody is quantum in nature. Um, in a subconscious way, they are many, 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 many different characters. But who you are consciously, um, in my opinion, it it's a rare event that that conscious person and the subconscious person that somebody else observes are one and the same. So, anyways, um, I I may see her as an elevated superhero. I may see her, see her as somebody wonderful. Not only that, but I appreciate her sexuality, right? Um, and as a result, you know, the first things that might come to her mind are, wow, I don't see myself as any of these things. I see myself as just somebody that's working at a at a dead end job that's basically barely getting by, you know. Um, and I got somebody else that places me almost on a pedestal. Well, that shit just doesn't happen in my reality. I want more of that. I want I want to feel good like that. So her mind is subconsciously seeking out information to make her feel good about who she is. So, consciously, she probably doesn't even know she's an actress. It's like me, consciously. You know, I know that there were parts of me that were an actor actor before. I know that there were parts of me that were in, in different roles within, you know, the intelligence agencies and everything. Um, I had two of those timelines. One prim primary timeline came in conflict with my conscious reality, and as a result, those two timelines merged. You know, so and that whole timeline combined with my what I had thought was my primary timeline at one point, and all of a sudden the two collapsed like a um, they call it a wave function in physics. And at that point, that convergence between those two timelines ultimately created this version of me, which now has memories from two very strong timelines, you know, that more or less were at war with each other until all of a sudden I figured out how to integrate the two personalities and become one. You know, so that's the whole thing is, well, you know, in one reality, she's Supergirl. She's badass. She's got these powers and everything. In another reality, she's just basically a reporter. In another reality, she's, you know, working as a prostitute for a, you know, for an agency that uh, deals with Arab nations and everything. And well, well, they are customers. That's Homeland Security, by the way. It's my, the show that I see in my, the quote-unquote TV show that I see in my, my reality. So I, I get things when I peer into her mind that are translated for my reality. You know, an image that I enjoy of a person I enjoy. You know, this girl, Kara Danvers, a.k.a. Supergirl, a.k.a. AKA Melissa Benoist. What her real name is, at least what her conscious name is, may not be any of these. may be somebody I don't even know. You know, so anyways, um, now I see this woman, Supergirl, you know, and uh, as I'm watching this character and everything, um, and I send that email, that sends that energy burst. And that energy burst says, wait a second, I want to be a part of that. I want to, I like what that person, how that person perceives me. You know, at least that image and everything. You know, and not only that, but they... <laughs> They want to get close to me. They want to be intimate with me. You know, knowing that minds are eternal, her mind says yes. So what happens is that establishes a connection between her mind and my mind. And what happens at that point is that actually creates, a, that, that connection creates a flow of energy between us. Now, that that happens. I'm waving my hands back and forth and everything with that, and um, that interconnection creates a feedback loop. Well, 
you know, so what happens at that point is she, you know, is maybe um, prevented by this publicist and everything to read this email. Now that publicist looks and sees the actor and says, I'm preventing the actor from being bombarded because that's my job, right? Is to stop, you know, whatever it is you want to call me, you know, from her perspective and everything, predators, you know, from uh, from approaching her. Well, her from her perspective says, hey, I haven't been late in a couple of years. You know, um, yeah, this guy here, you know, he seems open. He seems forward. He seems more, you know, more honest and, and open than most dudes. So as a result, that that it, that basically says, hey, her mind knows that that information went to the publicists and to the others, at least in my reality. And at that point, what happens is her mind forms, and it works with my mind, to create and establish a communication between us. And what will end up happening, well, she ends up receiving information in her reality, and that information can come in a number of forms. It can come directly through an email. Um, it could come indirectly through maybe conversations with friends. Maybe she's a little bit more attuned to the influences of her friends or through her friends of people from alternate realities. Um, it could come through ways I can't even imagine. Maybe she sees the world in a very, very different way and everything. Now, here's the interesting thing. I know that my, that my words are actually affecting her in her reality. And how I can see it now is in this last episode of Supergirl, she got kicked out of the DEO. She got criticized by Supergirl um, and uh, by um, Superman and Lois Lane for being too combative. She um, was told flat out she needs to represent women better and actually um, find different ways to to um, portray you know herself in public and everything. And this is her opportunity to be able to um, find herself and not necessarily depend on an agency, but instead find herself outside this agency and everything. Now she's lost because the DEO um, is it's an equivalent like a CIA in her world that uh, at that point is more or less responsible for you know trying to trying to keep the bad guys away and everything. Well, the problem is um, she's making herself the solitary dependency for everybody. You know, so that's the problem that she's having as Supergirl, not reality. Where basically any bad person comes around, you know, with superpowers and everything. Well, she considers it her job, you know. But here's the problem. She's the only one that can do it. Now, I didn't realize this is actually how I was getting in my reality when it came down to programming. I'd get into and see some of the world's worst problems with what was going on, you know. And uh, at that point, I'd be around to basically solve them. You know, until finally I realized that I was doing the job of 600 people. You know, I, I'm not shitting you. You know, when I say I over at Wells Fargo, I realized I got in, resolved the problems within a period of six months' time, completely re-architected things, and within a very, very, very short period of time, um, I resolved a problem that they had with their company that had, in a literal sense, been there with uh, Wells Fargo pretty much since its inception with uh, foreign exchange. Now, that's, I mean, not to pat myself on the back, you know, but there's something I was doing right, but there was also something I was dramatically doing wrong, too. And what I was dramatically doing wrong was I wasn't aware of the true skill set of those that were around me. And not only that, but I also wasn't trying to help them become better at what they were doing either. So that was actually one of the big learning lessons that I had. And it took me years to walking away from all that. And still, you know, being rejected for jobs and that kind of stuff, it's just like, I don't want those kind of jobs anyways. I know that deep and down. Well, that's the collective masses creating a feedback loop to me, basically saying, look, your skill set and your skill level, you know, is at a level most of us just flat out don't comprehend. You know, so I received that information coming through me indirectly. And also, I get influenced through the jobs that I don't hear back from. 
you know, so the energy of people that actually don't want to see me in these positions and everything simply because of the way, the fact that I take away too many jobs from people that uh, that would actually appreciate and enjoy these positions and everything, or would learn something from them, you know, so I understand this. Well, she's doing the same thing as Supergirl. Now, this doesn't mean that her skills are underappreciated. And that's actually what I've been doing with the, with the GTA mods and, and video games and kind of, kind of stuff and everything is finding a different outlet. I'm having fun with my marketing skills. I'm going through creating new ads. Um, <clears throat> I'm understanding that humans are something that you program just as much as you do a computer system. And there's no crime in that. It's actually... You know, kind of what we do and everything. And there's, it's not a, not necessarily a bad thing. It's like computing. You know, you can, you can be an asshole and you can be a black hat hacker or you can be a white hat hacker. You know, the, or you could be a somewhere in between, the gray hat. And that's actually where I tended to, to ride and everything. Well, the same thing holds true. You know, create your own set of morals and ethics and everything, your own personal rules and, and expectations of your own behavior and everything, and catch yourself and, and try to correct your own behavior whenever you start deviating, you know, from, from your own expectations of yourself and everything. Well, that's the thing about Kara. That's the thing about Supergirl. Without the fight, she doesn't have any anything that uh, that she stands for. You know, Superman is a person that she holds herself and she compares herself to. And I, I used to do the same thing with Ron too. Ron, to me, you know, was a god with computers and everything. But when it came down to it, it's just like he had a gift to to do what he did and everything. But I didn't want that gift myself. I wanted to be my own person and do my own thing and everything. You know, and uh, what that was, I didn't know. But I hate to admit, as long as I had Ron around, you know, um, I always believed I was a lesser, a lesser capable person in everything without him around. You know, and the only way I can actually get away from, from that wonderful, wonderful man... And Ron Ostrom, if you haven't uh, heard of him, he's easily one of the best programmers in the world. Um, I'll go so far to say probably the best I've ever worked with. But um, in any case, um, it's like Kara or Supergirl comparing herself to Superman. You can't. You know, Superman's been through fucking hell and back. He's a brawler, you know, he's, he fights and that's his thing, you know, um, he tries to actually take the peaceful route and everything, but he has a tendency to basically react with his fists first, you know, and, um, that just comes down to, you know, his own habitual presence and everything. Well, here you have a woman that doesn't clearly understand the distinctions, you know, between males and females. Flat out doesn't understand them. Doesn't understand the reason, you know, that males have, you know, have male role models and are more physically, physical to begin with on this planet called Earth. And she's lost because she doesn't understand and appreciate the gender differences. You know, and I think that would be one of the first things that I would do if I was her, is start digging into and understanding the cultural reasons, you know, that, um, you know, that America, you know, in particular a country that looks like America or a place that looks next like America, you know, is, uh, has the gender differences it does. And there's some extremely powerful and compelling reasons for it to actually have these differences. I'm not saying it's all good. But what I am saying is it's like profiling. One of the things um, I used to get a little bit, um, I used to be on the fence about was racial profiling down in, uh, over in, uh, what was it, uh, Arizona. And also when they started profiling because of uh, the stuff that was happening with Arab nations and everything back with 9-11 and everything. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, profiling is, was valid at this point. And how how do you actually, you know, do you persecute a whole community because of some bad actors within it? You know, and I kept going back and forth on this. It's just like, well, you know, is every black person the same? Is every white person the same? Is, you know, just because we have some Ted Bundys and some, 
you know, some Mansons as, as Caucasians. Should all Caucasians be treated like Ted Bundy's and, and Mansons? You know, it's, it's really a difficult thing, you know? So um, I, I really don't have an answer for something like that. However, what I do have an answer for is basically understanding why, um, why there's these different buckets that we place people into and why not to demonize it. So in any case, um, going back to the whole energy thing, I put that energy ball out there. Um, I established communication with her and her mind agreed. And what ended up happening was her mind, in a way, manipulated the show, manipulated every worker at that show. You know, and this is the interesting nature about time. Um, so basically at the beginning, the show was filmed, what, a year and a half, two years ago? History was changed. Literally changed. I don't know what it was before. You know, but all I do know is the things that I put out there a couple weeks ago, you know, and I had been off and on for a period of about a year anyways, you know, basically saying the girl fights too much, she needs to back down, she needs to quit trying to be like Superman and find a way to leverage her powers. I mean, I'm not saying her powers are bad. I'm saying, you know, personally, I would love to actually be with a woman like that. You know, knowing that she's stronger, that she can take me for a flight or something like that. Would I be intimidated by her? No, not in the slightest. You know, but here's the thing. I would not be intimidated by her because that woman ultimately would have gone through the processes of learning how to control herself to such a degree that I know factually that she can never harm me. Factually, know it. Now, who she is right now is not that person. You know, so, but how she's going to get there, I don't know. I suspect our minds are going to work together now in order to find the path forward for her and that the next season is going to be heavily influenced by my desires and what looks like to be her desires, too, to actually see what emerges between the possibilities and how we align our two timelines. So... In this process, you know, one of the things I've already thrown out there is a deep appreciation for her body. Um, she's adorable, in my opinion. Um, to some degree, she reminds me of Kenna. At least her mind, anyways. She's naive with her thought processes. She's um, absolutely adorable with the way that she, you know, gets frustrated and, and that kind of stuff. So when I, uh, the, the weird thing for me is when I look at and think of Melissa, I actually think of Kenna, you know, and uh, for me, it's just like, okay, so I'm transposing the mind that I helped build from Kenna over to Supergirl. Now at this point, um, I've realized that there was some things that Kenna had going on the power of her mind is intense, but the power of her mind is now turning around to the power of her body. And at this point, because of the fact that she didn't have full control of her own mind, that I learned how to control and everything, you know, indirectly, because I had to, I didn't have any options on it. Um, because of that, it's now forcing her to get control of her body. Now, how that's going to, you know, to occur? Well, Kenna wasn't comfortable um, being naked all the time. And that's one of the things that, uh, that Kenna, aka also Supergirl, is going to, ha is going to happen. This alternate reality, you know, that's being built, you know, will feature Supergirl who will largely be naked a lot of the time. You know, and one of the first things that, uh, so I have this ad that I created, um, and when I say created, um, me putting the energy out there caused this to happen. And that actually caused this reciprocated energy to create this um, version of Supergirl that is in this super, super short skirt that actually is about, looks like about three inches above her pussy. Um, she's not wearing any underwear. So she's got this little, basically a belt-like skirt on that barely covers uh doesn't cover anything. We'll put it that way. It covers her her midriff, and that's about it. 
you know, her pussy and parts of her ass are exposed, you know, the cape's still behind her. So that's the beautiful redo about this is, you know, you could basically sit there and talk to her and look at her vagina at the same time if you wanted to. Um, and also there's, uh, you know, her, her suit is in tattered, it's in shreds, and her left tit is, uh, is hanging out, and her right one, her nipples peering through it and everything. And for me, I looked at this and I said, oh my fucking God, this is perfect. So I found a big, huge billboard to put it on, on, uh, in this, um, alternate reality world and everything. And I just created a little poster for CW and back to back with, uh, Charmed. Now, so anyways, um, so that's one ad. I'll, I'll post, uh, post the final product on that next, uh, uh tomorrow. Now, here's the thing about this, though. Um, it's not my best work that I've done. You know, I'm more interested in the concept than I am actually trying to professionalize it or anything like that. You know, just because the concept is so, in itself, so perfect, the way that it's presented and everything. So as it came across, I'm just like, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it the way it is. Uh, I'm going to make some modifications. There was some text down below that I ended up taking off. Um, I colorized it. I made the colors more vibrant. They were pretty subdued and everything. I also put back-to-back -back with Charm Sundays, Dare to Defy, the CW. And, uh, yeah, it's just basically got it's a full, you know, huge poster of her that uh, is appearing in the downtown area of this uh, town and um, yeah it um, she looks gorgeous you know and I love the idea the more and more I think about it I love the idea of Kenna and Supergirl being one and the same being you know that maybe it took a little training for both of us to figure out and to understand who each other were and uh, why why we had to go through some of the things that we had to go through Ultimately, we did love each other from the very start, and we just had to understand something about ourselves and also about how our own world worked. And um, i that's actually why I'm like getting more and more into this. So the ad that I'm putting it back-to-back -back with is another CW. So basically, I'm acting like the, the act is CW rented both sides of this sign. And... Um, on one side, you've got back-to-back -back with Charmed Sundays. And if you look at the back side of the billboard, which would be coming from the opposite direction if you're traveling down the road, um, it's going to have Charmed, and it's going to say back-to-back -back with Supergirl Sunday. So it's just, uh, I, I thought it was a little clever. It's not, like I said, it's not... The whole composition and everything, I've definitely done better, but I'm still... I'm still in my own way happy with the final product for this one. You know, CW is a, it's a younger network anyways. And I like the idea of presenting a just a different a different style of image. Now, here's the thing. So the, the charmed, the image for charmed, I've mentioned this before. I am not pleased with the trio that's been chosen for my reality. Flat out not pleased with them. The show's decent, but I'm just not... The girls that they have in it, the three girls, are... For lack of better words, fucking boring. They're... Really not... They're two-dimensional. I mean, that's the best word for it. They're shallow. They're, I mean, I'm not talking about shallow as people. I'm talking about shallow characters. They have absolutely no depth to them. They don't have um, any, not, not a one of them stands out from the other one. You know, so I just think whoever casted for this, this version of Charmed just did a shit poor job. So, what I've done is I found an awesome, awesome, awesome um, nude composition featuring uh, Rose Rose McGowan. Um, what's her name? Piper, and also who's the other one? My favorite too, uh, Alyssa Milano. And they're all three butt ass naked. Uh, they're kind of standing arm in arm, just looking at the camera. 
and uh, that's the composition I'm putting on the uh, on the other page. I mean, there's really no explanation for it. What I'm going to do is, I think I'm going to trace around and eliminate the background because the background looks eh, could fit in. Again, I'm just uh, I'm not interested in exaggerating or making these things look too polished. <gasps> I want them, the CW network in this alternative reality to look younger than it uh, than it is in our reality. So I think I just might retain the amateurish composition on this just for that that purpose. And um, yeah, and uh, here's the concept um, in their version of reality, Charmed is brand new. So we have our version in our reality, and Charmed over there is brand new. So the characters played by Rose McGowan, um, instead of, uh, I was never fond of what's-her-name, a little snot from 90210. Oh, Shannon Doherty. Um, this, the Rose McGowan, I just think, fits the three all together a little bit better. I mean, I, I didn't choose her, you know, for this image, but... I love the image, and it's like, you know what, why not? Let's go ahead and stick with that. There's another one with the redhead that I thought that girl was a little bit better. Uh, I don't know who the redhead is, but hold on a second, let's see. Um, I thought she was definitely, a, she fit the part better, but to be honest, Rose, I think, would uh, actually sell as a sister better. And unfortunately, I found an awesome image of uh, Alyssa Milano nude um, that <laughs> if I could just take this image and put better images of, uh, of the other two together, you know, fake, um, that's what I do. But I'm left with this image. And this image, it's pretty darn good. So what I'm going to do is take this, superimpose it over the background and uh, create more or less a mirrored copy of the, the Supergirl poster featuring the Charm Girls, and uh, it's going to be on the back side of the poster. So I'll have that done in the next um, probably 20 minutes once I get done with this. So I'll have that add out. And yeah. So yeah, and, and the whole concept on that one is, um, you know what, I actually got to thinking about something else just now. Rather than have it be a new show, I'm thinking about actually just basically congratulating them for 20 years and making it so where characters in this universe don't age. That could be trippy. Not having aging processes in this alternate reality. Because that way I can actually congratulate them on 20 years worth of show. They look younger, or just as young as they did when they were first on the show. And to some degree, maybe they go to this reality and everything just simply the, so they can experience the bodies that they had in the past. Or at the height of their lives, or something like that. I think I'm going to do that instead. Congratulate them at the top. 20 years, 20th anniversary Charmed, or 20th, 20th season of Charmed starts this fall, back to back with Supergirl Sundays. Yeah, that's perfect. So that's what I'm going to do. Keep it simple. So, for whatever reason, I mean, the story that I'm going to be saying, you know, to myself is, it's the same girls, and they just haven't, uh, you know, because they're witches, they haven't physically aged in that 20 years time. I'll let, uh, I'll let that society come up with a reason for whatever it is that they want to, you know, are they, <coughs> why would they not age? I mean, I'm going to throw out the explanation, it's just because they're witches. Witches don't age. Or witches can stop the aging process if they want to. And these three chose to. Chose to refine their body. 
make it look good. On occasion, mess with their boob size. And the beautiful thing about being a witch is you learn the processes and arts of uh, shape shifting by those that are actually influencing you. Not necessarily to the degree of dramaticness, but uh, being able to sculpt your own body. So maybe that could be a, a thing that witches can do. Sculpt their own bodies. I like that. Rather than just like a direct shape shift, the ability to be able to sculpt it and sculpt it to make it appear younger or any age that they want to. So, anyways, um, yeah, so that uh, that about does it for those two. And let's see, the Peta one, I got that out. I'm very proud of that one. So, that one was a pain in the fucking ass. What it was, was um, I took an ad from our our country, our world, um, featuring PETA. Now, I'm... For all intents and purposes, I am vegetarian. I have some beliefs about the supply chain and that the supply chain I receive um, my goods from has all been made safe. Um, basically, there is no meat and meat byproducts in anything I purchase. Um, and that's all just because those that are around me and supporting me, um, surreptitiously, I, I wouldn't say uh, subversively, because that implies a conspiracy, but more or less uh, in a way that I don't I don't disagree with. They more or less take away any meat and meat meat byproducts and anything that that involve the killing of animals. And they have made sure that nothing arrives to my mouth that's ever ever coming from an, from an animal that has been killed. So that's my belief. Um, so basically, for all intents and purposes, I'm a vegetarian, but I'm vegetarian uh, reinforced by the supply chain. Now, PETA, as an organization, stands for um, vegetarianism through choice. So, I myself, I've subverted my choice and basically said, no, I'm okay with the supply chain altering the things that arrived to me. And uh, there's a, uh, uh, there was a, a restaurant called Moda over in um, Chicago. And what they did was they ended up uh, doing a lot of experimentation. They actually received money from... Um, from the CIA to do some of the experimentation when it came down to creating meat uh, meat lookalikes and taste-alikes that literally looked and tasted like the real thing. And I'm not talking about, you know, something that looks mushy to begin with, like a hamburger. I'm talking about steaks. I'm talking about salmon. I'm talking about you name it for meats and everything. And they did a pretty damn good successful job at everything. And ultimately, uh, a lot of the technology and discoveries from that was actually taken and uh, leveraged, you know, for the supply chain that actually feeds me. So, anyways, um, with that said, there's uh, also there's a, uh, a little thing. One of the first things I learned when I joined the NSA, um, the NSA is keen on information. Um, you know, and, and I've already said this before, you know, the NSA's primary job is information control, information distribution, and uh, yes, to some degree, a little bit of misinformation. So, if you have a hard time believing anything I say, well, just take it as a story. You know, I mean, that's that's my advice. So, in any case, um, back in 19, I think it was 57, hold on a second, Ray Kroc and McDonald's. Yeah. It goes, I think it was 1957. Hold on a second, I'll tell you. 1954. Um... Ray Kroc ended up visiting a restaurant in San Bernardino that had purchased several several multi-mixers. So he wasn't a self-made millionaire overnight, but in 1955, he founded McDonald's System, a predecessor of McDonald's Corporation. By 1958, had sold its 100 millionth hamburger. Well, 
what most people don't realize was Mr. Croc was actually funded by um, intelligence agencies that had been created directly as a result of World War II, uh, the, war, the war that and um, board intelligence agents that uh, were working in order to basically establish a vegetarian presence in our country and everything shortly after World War II. And uh, they had worked it extensively with basically meat and meat byproducts and everything, particularly having to go overseas and go to war and basically maintaining morale by basically making sure that troops overseas actually still had meat available even though the supply chains didn't have them. So they did a lot of work on vegetarian-type cuisine that actually looked, smelled, tasted, and felt almost like the real thing and everything. And uh, the intelligence agencies ended up working with um, to distribute this technology and everything with, uh, with the United States um, and consumer-based organizations shortly after World War II through Ray Kroc, a.k.a. the founders of McDonald's. Now, what most people don't, don't know is the story that, uh, that basically... Um, McDonald's is a vegetarian company. So, and you can actually trace this back to his involvement with intelligence agencies all the way back to 1955 and the fact that nothing, and I do mean nothing, that arrives at McDonald's doesn't come through their supply chain around the world. And not only that, that supply chain itself is tightly controlled and always comes in the same same kind of uh, format too pre-grilled pat or pre pre uh, you know pre-constructed patties that look the same um, bread you know what is it uh, the oils and everything all of it absolutely every bit of it is actually made from from basically no animals or no animal um, meats or animal byproducts. So everything is all natural that's actually contained with, uh, within McDonald's food and everything. I always thought that was a really interesting you know, story and everything. Now there's a lot more to it than that. You know, but uh, if you take your kids to McDonald's and everything, you know, to take them out for a burger, you know, and you want to teach them to eat healthy and everything, well, believe it or not, McDonald's actually really is a lot healthier than uh, most people give it credit for. Now, there's one company, that, uh, the one movie, Super Size Me, which is funded by, <laughs> this is the interesting thing, funded by companies, farms and that kind of stuff, which are actually producing um, the meat and cattle, you know, and basically slaughtering animals and that kind of stuff. That movie was actually funded by those, by a lot of the uh, the conglomerates that were interested in basically making it so where um, McDonald's stranglehold on the industry, you know, was would actually go away, or you know, the other partial goal that they had was to make it so where they can force McDonald's to start not misrepresenting its food. And start and start purchasing the meat products that were actually being created at the slaughterhouses. Well, my, McDonald's fortunately never caved into that, but I always found that interesting. <coughs> it was always such an intent to destabilize McDonald's, you know, what they called stranglehold on the industry. You know, and they just basically they had it a real, real easy way to supply food. You know, and that's. It just came through their systems, you know, the processes and systems and everything that more or less uh, made it possible for them to actually dominate the world and uh, be one of the most interesting vegetarian restaurants that has that most people don't know is a vegetarian restaurant. And here's the thing, and this is what I implore you to do. If you don't believe me, tear apart a hamburger. Tear apart the meat. And anything that you pick apart, you're not going to ever be able to find anything that actually resembles a whole part. That's why everything's mixed. Chicken nuggets, all this stuff. That's why it's all blended and mi mixed together. It's the little trick they pull. You know, the claim is it makes it, you know, this is all processed and everything, but the real, the real thing is... It is because it's processed. But it's just, it's not processed for meat in the normal way. So, 
with that said, um, I don't know why I went on that little story. Oh, okay, because of PETA. So PETA, uh, they have an ad campaign, and it's a wonderful ad campaign featuring, what's her name? Gorgeous girl. They always have some gorgeous women that they put in these ads. Tracy Bingham. And uh, basically, it's got Tracy Bingham's back to us, you know, where it says check, check, rib, rib, loin, loin, rump, round. It's got her, her body marked, you know, much like you'd mark a cow and everything. And uh, more or less, it says, have a heart, go vegetarian. All animals have the same parts. For a free veg, veg starter kit, visit goveg.com. Well... A lot of people are eating uh, vegetarian and don't know it anyways. But um, the funny thing is, it's just uh, when it comes down to it, I love this ad. thought it was beautiful. thought it was tasteful. And she's completely butt-ass naked with her ass showing, you know, her backs to us and everything. And so I ended up wrapping it around a building. It's one of the biggest ads in the game. It came out beautifully, but I will say, because of something called the MIP maps, something I've had problems with before, this thing, because you can see it um, about two miles away, the different level of MIP maps is higher than any that I've dealt with before, and because it's actually wrapped on the, on the uh, building itself, it's actually embedded in the textures, and I had such a bitch of a time with it. It was such a pain in the ass to actually resolve and fix. So I spent the greater part of a day looking for all the little hidden mitt maps on it. Um, and about probably about four or five hours the day before um, doing what the first part of it, thinking I'd actually taken care of it. But I spent the greater part of a day the next day actually going through resolving the, the lower resolution mitt maps on it. And... They ended up tearing the thing out, and this is actually where I really, 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 really learned how strongly this thing has been reverse-engineered to to create the production that I'm playing with and everything. It's just a pain in the ass. Just such a huge pain in the ass to work with and everything. So, but it's also taught me a lot, you know, from an organizational perspective and everything, you know, what a group of people come up with versus... Me as an individual, you know, if I was to architect this thing from the ground up and everything, you know, I would have this thing organized in a wholly different way. I would definitely be taking a different approach to this. So, it's just one of those things that it surprised me, um, how much work it was to actually get this one to work. And once I saw it in action, um, I'll post it tomorrow. Easily, it's one of the best-looking billboards that I'm glad I put my time and energy into. It's beautiful-looking. You know, so, if I must say so myself. So, that one, PETA, is done. And uh, that one, for the most part, the ad itself was mostly done. I had to do some resizing and some reformatting and moving some things around in it and leveraging the something called the clone brush and the smudge brush and things like that and Corel Paint Shop Pro in order to basically make it look seamless and everything. But uh, the in-production looks pretty damn good. So, I'll, uh, I'll post that tomorrow. Now, and yes, I'll do it on Christmas Day. I'm just making my mom and dad dinner or breakfast tomorrow, so. With that said, I don't know why I'm having problems breathing right now. It's kind of weird. <coughs> Allergies or something. So, I've got a couple other movie posters that I pulled down. Um, the Zappos one I've, I've talked about the other day. Blue Fly is another one I talked about the other day. Don't have um, anything else new there. Uh, got a new Levi's one. It's basically it's a girl with a bare ass, and she's got a um, Levi stitched uh, on her ass, or at least it's like a little marker stitched with a little Levi logo on it. That one was cute. Toe socks. Uh, while I'm not a huge fan of toe socks and toe shoes probably should be enough reason for me not to put it in this reality, but I'm going to put it anyways. It's got a um, basically a naked uh, contortionist that uh, she's showing off her, her toe socks, and it's an ad from our reality. Now, another one, I don't know if I'm going to include this or not. It's by radiator.net, and basically what they create is uh, um, wetsuits for surfing and that kind of stuff and basically is a couple that are riding on a surfboard and they're completely naked and everything and uh, I'm probably going to put this near the seashore and everything 
It's tasteful, and it's still one of those things. Now, one of the funnier things I found was basically um, a, a movie ad for Zac Efron, and uh, he's naked on the beach, and it's for Dirty Grandpa. And I, this is what I'm looking for. I don't care if you're, if it's guys or gals, if it's tasteful, and if it uh, looks like it's fun, you know, this is more than likely going to be put in my alternate reality and everything, so... Anyways, and the big thing is if it promotes the image that I'm trying to promote, which is basically letting go of norms and expectations when it comes down to the presence of the physical body and everything, as long as it's tasteful and fun. So, with that said, um, yeah, Assassin's Creed, I ended up finishing up a whole bunch of missions. I think I'm on the fourth mission now. I just uh, went across the Big Ben Towers and beautiful game. It's uh, <sighs> lacking a little bit in emotion though. But um, yeah, there's not much going on there. Just uh, played it through and I've played it both Eevee and uh, whatever the, the other guy is. So... But, yeah, besides that, I'm going to make it quick tonight, and um, just wish you all a uh, Merry Christmas when I post this tomorrow morning. I'll uh, probably be in the process of cooking breakfast for my mom and dad and everything. So, in any case, you have a Merry Christmas, and... Give whoever it is that's close to you and everything a uh, big, huge hug for me. And if they're your significant other, you know, particularly if it's an attractive woman and everything, give her one a little extra thrust for me tomorrow night or something like that. Okay, you take care. You have a good night.